I've seen a lot of talk recently about former number one overall pick and face of the Detroit Pistons franchise, Cade Cunningham, over the last few days. And let's just say it's been pretty disrespectful. So I just want to talk about Cade Cunningham, where he's at right now, and what are some realistic conversations to have about him. We're going to talk about that in today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. We're on our way to 10,000 subscribers. And 50% of you guys who watch the videos are not subscribed. So please hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Or you can leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed uh, later on in the podcast we'll talk about the update on the coaching search um, still no head coach but we do have a little bit of an update concerning we'll talk about that later um, and then even later on into the podcast I want to give my update on the possible prospects at five this is something we'll probably continue to do obviously damn near every episode um, leading up to the draft because there are just so many prospects at that position and I, I guess I'll spoil it a little bit a lot of the prospects at least to me are so close that I feel like you're going to see so many different answers from fans about who should go at five. So just stay tuned for that a little bit later. Um, but first, I have to talk about Cade Cunningham. So the reason why I, I felt the need to come on here and talk about Cade is because recently there's like, I, I don't even know who the dude is, but apparently everyone refers to him as OG or whatever. He's he's on a viral clip went went through on TikTok. And it was, and it made it through Twitter. It made it through, it was on YouTube. Like, it was a dude. Um, older dude, looks like he, you know, a little older. Um, but he said that Tyrese Maxey, he has a podcast, but I don't, I really don't even know who he is, but it went viral. He said that Tyrese Maxey is better than Kay Cunningham. And then that turned into a bunch of K disrespect that I saw on Twitter, that I saw on YouTube, that I saw on TikTok. I saw, like, I was just seeing a lot of talk about Kay Cunningham and a lot of disrespect thrown his way and a lot of people talking out of pocket about him. But... I didn't want to come on the podcast and just come on here and sound like some stand, some some person that can't, you know, be objective about things. So instead of me just coming on here and singing Cade's praises and talking about how he's the greatest thing since sliced cheese, I wanted to come on here and have like a real conversation about Cade Cunningham because I don't think anybody is having real conversations about him. It's either he's a bust, he's trash, blah, 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 or it's just the other end of the extreme. And I do think there's a legit conversation that can be had about Cade. So I just want to I just want to do that real quickly. So I do not think Cade would not go. This is the first place I want to go. I don't think Cade would go any farther down than one in the redraft. I think the Pistons redraft him number one because he is that dude. Cade Cunningham is absolutely that dude. And before he got hurt, before he, I feel like in that Bucks game, the final game that he played this past season was really when it looked like okay, yeah, he doesn't look like like a hundred percent. Um, oh, it's not the Bucks game, the Celtics game. He doesn't look 100%. He doesn't look all right. Um, but in the previous 11 games, now he only played 12 games this year. In the previous 11 games, 
43% from the field, 31% from deep, 83% from the free throw line, 21, 6, and 6. That's pretty good to me. That's pretty good to me, especially with the team that he's been surrounded with, which is something we'll talk about later. Cade looked pretty good this year. I thought he looked pretty good. He showed the improvement in the mid-range. He got a lot stronger. He got better at hunting down his shots, getting to his spots. Um, Obviously, the area that he has to improve on is his three-point shooting. But overall, I thought Cade looked fine before he went down. And if he wasn't dealing with this shin injury, I don't think a lot of this disrespect would be happening. If he didn't miss the entire season because of a shin injury, I don't think people would be talking wild about him. But since he hasn't been around for a minute, you haven't seen him for a minute, Everyone wants to talk crazy about him. And it, it's kind of it's kind of wild because K don't talk no trash. K don't have like nothing to hate on him for. But yeah, it seems like so many people just keep coming out and, and going against him and, and trying to say some crazy stuff about him. So I thought K actually looked good this year. I, I thought he looked good this year. I expect him to come back next year and look great. I think he's the face of the Pistons franchise. I think he's going to do great things for this franchise. I can't wait to see him come back next year. I think he's going to do absolutely great things. But... There is one thing that I think everyone has to be honest about. There is one area of his game that if he wants to reach the level that I believe he can get to, I believe Cade can be an absolute superstar. I've said it on the podcast multiple times. I think Cade can be an MVP type of player. He can be an offensive engine. I've said over and over, I think he could even run a heliocentric offense. I think if you just let him hunt out mismatches and just let him go after them and space the floor out for him, you just wouldn't be able to stop him. You just wouldn't be able to stop him. I think he's that good. And then also defensively, he's a fine defender. Like, I think that's a player that can be an MVP type of player. I am so high on Cade. But in order for him to get there, he obviously has to improve his jump shot. And that's something that I think everyone has to be honest about. And I know Ashton, his trainer, he watches the podcast. What's up, Ashton, if you're listening or watching right now? But look. Cade has to become a better outside shooter. In his lone season at, at Oklahoma, um, before he came to the NBA, he was one. He was a great pull-up three-point shooter. It was one of the biggest things about him, one of the biggest reasons to draft him. And so far in the NBA, now, this is another thing, he's only played in 76 games through two seasons. He hasn't even played a full season's length of games. But he struggled shooting from deep. 31% his rookie year, it was 28% this season, um, or this past season. So the three-point shooting has to get better if he's going to reach the ceilings that I think he can get, that I think he can get to. And I believe he will. I, I've heard Ashton, I've heard his, um, I've heard Cannon talk about um, his jump shot. We've heard some whispers about him working on his jump shot, how having this shit injury allows him to get some more lift on his jump shot. They're really working on some of his mechanics to try to get him going again. So that's the one area that I think Cade does need to improve on. And when people say something about his shot or how he's inefficient, you can't really say anything back to it because he has. Just being honest, he has been efficient and largely due to his three-point shot not translating. Now, I want to segue this to something else. There is not a single other player, I believe, from Kay Cunningham's draft class, if they were put on this team, if they were put on this Detroit Pistons team with this roster, with the lineups he had to deal with, not a single one of them would succeed even to the, not even to what Kate's done. They would absolutely fall on their face and they'd be screwed because we we all are aware that Troy Weaver has put out a roster and a lineup over the last two years that that is tanking. Like, if we can say restore. We can say, like, this team just won 17 games. If they had Cade, they're not winning 30, okay? They're still going to be at the bottom of the NBA. Maybe not the worst, but they were going to be one of the worst. 
And then last year, they were, it was the same thing. So this team over the last two years has not had a good roster. For the first half of Cade's rookie year, it didn't have a roster that made sense at all. They didn't even have a big man that could finish at the rim. Like, it was, it was terrible. Cade's been dealt an absolutely terrible hand with who he's played with, with his roster, with the lineups that he plays with. And here's a stat that I saw a few days ago that I think really showcases just how much of a disadvantage Cade Cunningham has been put at and the fact that we still see the superstardom in his future. The fact that everyone can still see how great he's going to be. The fact that everyone can see, can still look past all that and see the flashes of brilliance from him. That should show you something. This, this stat's from B-Ball Index. I want to read this to you guys, okay? So B-Ball Index, a great, uh, if you guys have a su- subscription to there, you guys definitely uh, should go get it because it's a great, uh, great place. It has a bunch of really good stats. Um, but this is, this is where I want to stay with right here. So this is from Cade's rookie season, okay? So it's not just, you know, three-point percentage, all that stuff. They have some more in-depth stats, which is why I really like it. So listen to this. Cade, his rookie season. They calculate the quality of shots you get at the rim. Cade's rim shot quality was the worst in the entire NBA. He was in the first percentile, F. He was the worst in the entire NBA. Because he had he's had no spacing throughout his career. He's had no, outside the last two months of the regular season where he looked like a monster and did something in March that Michael, hasn't been done since Michael Jordan, by the way. Oh, it looks like once you got a rim, rim threat for him, a lob threat for him, all of a sudden he looks like a star. But outside of those two months, he's had no spacing. He's had no rim threat. Even the beginning of this second season, he didn't have no rim threat. He had Isaiah Stewart spacing the floor out. Guys weren't, to, weren't respecting Isaiah Stewart during the 11 games. He had Killian Hayes looking like the worst player of all time during those 10 games before Killian turned it around somewhat. Like these, And then Sadiq Bey thinking he was PG-13. Like This is what Cade's been dealing with. So no spacing, no lap threat. His rim shot quality was the worst in the entire NBA. And despite that, his rim shot making, according to B-Ball Index, was in the 90th percentile. He had the worst quality of shots at the rim because of the spacing and the kind of looks he had to get. And despite that, he was in the 90th percentile in rim shot making. Overall, B-Ball Index put him in the 97th percentile as a finishing talent despite having the worst quality of shots at the rim. All that tells me is, dude, just space the damn floor out. Space the floor out for him. Get him his rim threat. Get him a, a lineup and a roster that makes sense around Cade. And he's going to take off. He's going to absolutely blow up. You can't stop him. I can't wait for next season. Because while I said at the beginning of this, I was going to be objective. I didn't want to come on here and just, you know, sound like I'm, you know, I'm just hyping Cade up the entire time. I took some time to talk about his three-point shooting. But that's it. That's it. That's it. Because if it, once his three-point shot comes along, heck, the three-point shot could be at like 32% next year. If he has a space floor around him, and the lineup that actually makes sense, good luck trying to stop him. You guys, everyone talking crazy about Cade, you're going to look dumb as hell. You're going to look dumb as hell. He was doing this at the rim with some of the worst, some, some of the worst spacing I've ever seen. Some of the worst spacing I've ever seen. He hasn't had a roster that made sense, a lineup that makes sense. And despite that, he's still going out there and getting respect from KD. He's going out there and putting up these type of numbers around the rim when you take into account the kind of looks he's getting at the rim because of everything else. Cade, Cade's him. I don't know what he's done to, to, to get all these people talking crazy about him. But, hey, you got, you got you know, the biggest podcast in Detroit, Locked On Pistons. You got Kuka Hill, who will be going out there every day, if I have to, to defend Cade Cunningham 
and talk talk good about them because th- this craziness that I'm seeing people talk about them, it's out of pocket. It's out of pocket. And just real quickly, I saw some people say that Tyrese Maxey or Cade's in a better situation than Tyrese Maxey. I'm going to tell you something that Stephen A. said. Get off the weed! Like, playing with the MVP and a former scoring champ and a former MVP. Are we joking? Cade's playing with Killian Hayes, and I love Killian. You guys know, you know it's hit rock bottom when I have to slander Killian when I love Killian. Like, come on, bro. Come on, bro. Let me know what you guys think about Cade, man. About the, some of the disrespect you guys have been seeing from Cade. Or some people about Cade, man. Let me know what you guys think. I'm sick of it, dog. It's, it's, it's getting out of pocket out here. I, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, when we come back, I'll update you guys on some of the recent news about the head coaching position. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and roll for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets get sent directly to your phone so you don't have to go through the 500 different emails you have in your email on your phone. I know I'm not the only one out there that just has thousands of emails you got to scroll through and try to find your tickets. Don't got to worry about that with game time. So download the game time app. Create an account and use code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed with game time. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first list of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons, hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. Man, you guys done got me heat. I was not expecting to go that long in that first segment about Cade, but it, it, it's so frustrating, dude, because I, I don't get why Cade gets hate. He hasn't done nothing crazy. He hasn't said nothing crazy about nobody. He just goes out there and hoops. He goes out there and hoops, and he gets surrounded with, you know, not great stuff, man. Let's just keep it respectful. And again, I, I, I know I said some stuff about Killian in that first segment. Don't get confused. Killian's still my guy. It's just, you know, when it comes to Cade and people want to start talking about Cade, I got to be realistic about what Killian was doing, at least when Cade was, Cade was healthy. Now, if Killian was doing what he was doing after Cade went down in those first 10 games, maybe it would be a different story. But, you know, I got to keep it a stack, man. I can't lie. I'm objective around here, okay? I keep it, I keep it a stack. Um, but, okay, let's go ahead and get to the update with the head coaching search. So, it's going to be... Uh, May 23rd when you guys listen to this and the Pistons have not yet had a head coach unless Woj breaks the bomb like while this is posting that would be tough um <laughs> but there's no no head coach for the Detroit Pistons um the Milwaukee Bucks have dwindled their coaching search to three guys um and that caused a lot of Pistons fans to go out and be like okay well the Bucks have gone down to victory guys we haven't even heard anything about the Pistons what's going on James Edwards III of The Athletic, he tweeted out, Lee, Ali, and Collins are still candidates. There are meetings this week. I wouldn't be surprised if Bud and Monty take a year off. Those are your updates. So then I tweeted at James. I said, are there other candidates? 
we keep hearing that they may interview others, that the coaching search is still abroad. They're going to go look at other guys. Is that true, or is it just these three guys? And James responded, and he said, Still just those three guys, to my knowledge. Don't think Monty or Bud will take a new job this summer. Um, I know some people asked him about the report about Tom Gores not being impressed with those guys. The only thing James said about that is, quote, I'm not going to bleep on anyone else's reporting, but I know they're meeting with Gores again this week or next. So didn't confirm or deny if Tom Gores actually was um, not pleased with some of the candidates. I'm going to assume that based off that reporting and then the fact that we haven't heard anything about the Pistons head coaching spot and then the fact that Monty Williams sounds like, according to Shams of The Athletic as well, reported that the Pistons wouldn't have fallen to five. They would have been interested in Monty. So it sounds like that, from me reading in between the lines, it sounds like they weren't too impressed, or at least Gores wasn't too impressed with the three guys. Saw some other names get available. He wanted some of those other names to be targeted. Those guys wanted to wait to see how the lottery shook out. The lottery went the absolute worst possible way for the Pistons. So now those guys aren't interested in the Pistons' job. Now the Pistons have to reel all the way back and go back to their three guys again, and they're going to do more interviews instead of you know, opening the search back up and interviewing the same guys again. Uh, that, that didn't make it to this round. Sounds like that's what's happened here. It sounds like, to be honest, it sounds like maybe the worst case scenario for the Pistons. They wanted to open it back up, wanted to perhaps go after Monty Williams, maybe even another coach, and then the lottery threw him all the way down to five, and now it's just like, oh, okay, Kevin Ollie, Charles Lee, Jaron Collins, hey, what's up? You guys still around? You guys, let's go ahead and do this again. Like, that's that's why I'm reading about this. That That's my reading in the lines. That's not me re- reporting anything that's not me letting you guys know i have some inside information if i have inside info i usually tell you guys you guys will know i'll wink at the camera this is not me saying that this is just me reading in between the lines and i gotta say i'm not i'm not too happy about it i like i'm not too happy about it i I came on the podcast last week when we talked about the head coaching news when when i believe it was mark stein or or um jake fisher came out and said that the pistons probably were going to be reopening their coaching search because of Gore's displeasure with the three candidates or not displeasure. Let me not say that with him not being impressed enough in the interviews he had in California. Um, I said last week that, look, I don't care how long it takes. I don't know. I don't care if they take a 360, if they go ahead and do one of these, they spin around somewhat. They walk out the door, walk back, take it down the street, loop around a little bit, then come back and end up at the same spot as I ended up with, with the right coach. I don't care how they go about it. As long as they end up with the right coach, and if they had to go through all this and reopen their coaching search to eventually get actually the right guy, I'd be cool with it. And I was hoping that if since it was said that they were going to be considering reopening their coaching search, maybe they go and interview some former head coaches. Don't even have to hire them, but just get them in the interviewing process. Turn, every, turn over every stone. Maybe re-interview some of the past guys that didn't make it to the finalists when, if you weren't too pleased with the three finalists you originally came up with. I was hoping they were going to go back and try to redo the process, make it a little bit more, you know, um, what's the right word? I don't want to say respectable, but like, I, I, I mean, I guess respectable is the best word. I, that's what I was hoping they were going to do. And now it sounds like they're just going to go back to the three guys and just sit down with them again. I, I mean, I don't know what else you could like. What's this meeting going to say? Oh, sorry. I didn't like this last one. Let's let's ask the same questions. Hopefully you give me a different answer and impress me this time. Like, I, I'm confused. They've had like four different interviews with these dudes. They went through round one, round two, and then they had the private meeting with Tom Gores. Like, I, I'm confused about what could change with yet another interview with Tom Gores. 
I, I'm like, I don't know. I feel like the Pistons, based on the reporting from Jake Fisher last week, I believe it was, it was either Jake Fisher or Mark Stein, that Weaver prefers Kevin Ollie. That is his guy. And it, the way it was worded, the way it was reported, makes me believe that Weaver wants Ollie. And then there's other people in the front office, and maybe Tom Gores. I don't know if it's Tom Gores, but maybe it's some other people that don't want Kevin Ollie. Maybe they want a Charles Lee. Maybe they want a Jaron Collins or something. That's what it seems like to me. And look, I, at this point, this is how I feel. If Troy wants Kevin Ollie, let him get Kevin Ollie, man. Just let let's let him do it. Just let, and if it blows up, if him if him getting Kevin Ollie blows up, and he's not a good head coach, I mean that I feel like that has to be it. Like that that would be it. That Weaver's seat would not just be warm, it would be on fire, and he probably wouldn't be in the seat no more. So it sounds like to me that there's maybe some internal, you know, I, again, this is not me reporting or inside information. This is just based off outside reporting from Bleach Report, Mark Stein, all the others, etc. That maybe that Weaver's guys that he wants, I mean, I, I feel like this is just common sense. That we know who Weaver's three guys were for two weeks now. And we've heard that they, oh, maybe we should actually go after this guy. Oh, maybe we actually we should reopen the search. Like, common sense says someone isn't a fan of this. Someone is not a, the same type of fan that Troy Weaver is of these three guys. So, this, while I'm at this point, just let Weaver pick his guy. Let, let Weaver get whoever the hell it is he likes. We will get behind it. We'll, we'll root for it. If it's, if it's someone that a lot of people don't seem to believe in, the fan base kit doesn't get behind Give him a chance, and if it does blow up in his face, then that's his job. I mean, that I mean, it's simple as that. And if it works, Weaver's a genius. Weaver's a genius. The Pistons win. We all are happy. So look, if if my final point, I, I if Weaver wants to put his neck out there for some candidates, maybe it sounds like Kevin Ollie is the candidate according to the reporting. If Weaver wants to put his head out out there for Kevin Ollie, let him do it. And if he let him live or die by it, just let him live or die by it. And we'll see what happens. So, I mean, that's where I'm at with this now. It doesn't sound like they're going to get another whole, uh, former head coach like Bud or Monty. And by the way, I said in the last podcast too, I told you guys before James even said, it, I said, it's probably likely that these guys may take a year off. Like Monty's getting paid for the next three years. Like if he doesn't see a perfect situation for himself, he'll just sit out. Like I, it doesn't make no sense for that. So, Looks like they're going. Sounds like they're going back to the three guys, according to James Edwards. And for me, if we, if the reporting is true and Kevin Ali is his guy, just let him get Kevin Ali. Let him hire Kevin Ali and see what happens. I mean, I I I, I don't really know what else you can do about it. Like, it, just let him get his guy. That was the whole purpose of this, right? For Weaver to finally be able to get his guy. You trust the scouting, right? You scout. You hired him as GM. You you trust everything else, right? You got to trust him here. I, you just have to trust him here, I guess. And again, like I said, if it blows up, it blows up and he's out. If it goes well, we're all happy. So, I mean, that's where I'm at with the coaching search right now. I just really wish this coaching search would end, to be honest, because it's getting it's it, it's getting kind of, I don't want to say frustrating, kind of annoying that, like, their search has been, to me at least, a little vague and just, like, just – not normal. It just hasn't been normal, I feel like. I, that's that's the best way I can put it. So, I just want this to be over with, and I don't care who's the head coach at this point. Like, just come on. Just get your guy and just keep it going. But what do you guys think? Where do you guys stand with the head coaching search? What do you guys feel, or how do you guys feel off the recent reporting from Mark Stein, from Jake Fisher, what I told you that James just tweeted out um, two hours ago before I started recording this podcast? Where do you guys stand with this? Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter. 
at Kuka Hill. When we come back, I want to give you guys the updated thoughts I have on all the prospects around the number five overall pick. We'll talk about that when we come back. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Price Picks. Every day of the NBA playoffs and finals, one Price Picks user will, will win a chance at becoming a millionaire. One entry placed after 8 a.m. Eastern Time will be randomly selected each day. Whoever placed that entry will be given a six pick flex with the following payouts six correct picks, $1 million. Five correct picks, $80,000. Four correct picks, $16,000. Full details can be found at pricepicks.com slash million. You must opt in at this link to be eligible for the million-dollar entry. Once you opt in, all you have to do is play the game like normal, and you could be the lucky winner. You guys may be asking, how do you just play the game like normal? Well, you pick two to six players, and you see if they score more or less than their prize picks projection. You win up to 25 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people's, just you versus the projections available. Prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, and I promise you, Every single sport that you think of, esports, college sports, overseas, like everything is on there, I promise you. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's just that easy, safe, and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports today. First time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Price Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100 with Price Picks. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. So it's been a few days now, almost a week. Actually, by the time you guys listen to this, I think it will be a week. Um, since the lottery, since the Pistons fell to five, we saw the sadness um, of the Detroit Pistons falling. And as times went on, now let me I'm not going to sit here and troll anybody and lie. Not getting a top three pick sucks. It still sucks. Not being able to get Wemby obviously hurts. But the the, the, the prospects at five are, are are good prospects. They're it's not like the Pistons are in a, a weak draft and they're stuck with some trash. Like I it's not it's, I don't believe any of them are gonna be Wemby or even Scoot. But there's some good prospects still. And I think it's a pretty good draft class. And the prospects at five, I feel like, are so close within each other that you're going to see so many different answers throughout the next few weeks until the draft for who the Pistons will pick at five. And you've already seen me when I'm about to tell you guys what my board is soon. Um, but I've already switched my answer answer three times. Because it really is, I feel like, just so close between guys. You're just splitting hairs at this point. So, let me go ahead and just give you guys my board right now. As of May 22nd, 2023, when I'm recording this, this is my board according to the for the Pistons at 5. And this is assuming that the top four picks go as Wemby, Scoot, Brandon Miller, Amon Thompson. That's how I believe it's going to go. If Amon Thompson were to fall to 5, I think he's the pick. Obviously, if Scoot were to somehow fall, like that, like stuff like that happens, I think you pick him at five. Brandon Miller, I don't know if you pick him at five over some of the, like, let me actually, let me just say my board real quick. That's assuming those four guys will be gone. My board right now is 1A, Arsara Thompson, 1B, Jairus Walker, 2, Taylor Hendricks, and 3, Cam Whitmore. Now, according to that board right there, if Brandon Miller were to fall, 
I would put him behind Asar and Jarris. So he'd be two ahead of Taylor Hendricks and Cam Whitmore. And part of me, I almost would want to put Taylor Hendricks above him. Taylor Hendricks is soaring up my up my board. I've done some watching of him recently, and he's extremely impressive. Um, that, but that's my board right now. And when I tell you guys, it's it's literally this close between all of these guys. It could literally be preference for some guys. You could try a draft off fit. I know. So look, this is where I'm at right now. I was just talking with one of my friends. We had him on the podcast. Uh, his name's Dope. We had him on the podcast last month. Um, and we were talking yesterday. We were talking. He said something that made me. He said something that made me go and reevaluate some things. And what we were talking about was, you know, with the team, if you believe all these prospects prospects are so close together and you believe that they all have relatively the same upside, do you draft for fit? Do you draft to, you know, which guy can cover the most holes with the team? Do you draft the guy that you're least worried about blowing up in your face? Like, should you consider some of those things? And basically, I've come to the point as of right now that, yes, I do believe that these guys are all so close. That I still wouldn't I wouldn't draft on fit, but I think as of right now, now this could change again. We have a, still a long time to the draft, but as of right now, my thinking my thinking right now is draft a guy. Since I believe all these guys, like I said, I believe all these guys are literally like so close within each other with upside. Now I'm I'm looking at it as which guy do I believe less likely would blow up in my face. Like, that's how I'm thinking about it right now. Not fit. Not who will cover up the most holes immediately. Since they're all so close, I feel like, in prospects right now, I'll just, I want the guy who I'm least least worried about blowing up and just being a bust and not working out and me looking like an idiot and, ruin, and hurting the team. So, for me, that's why Taylor Hendricks has jumped over Cam Whitmore at two for me. Because Taylor Hendricks, I think, is, he, not only do I, I'm not, I'm not as concerned about Taylor Hendricks not like working out. I think he's uh, he's going to be a really good player. He fits perfectly next to Jalen Duran. He's the prototypical four that you like. Athletic defender can shoot threes. Like, and not, I don't know if he'll ever be able to create stuff for himself. I don't know how much he'll be able to expand off of that. But a, a guy at the power four position that fits right next to your cornerstone center that can shoot threes really well, really good athlete, good defender. Like, I, I, that, that's I, that's a pretty damn good player in and of itself. Maybe never an all-star. Maybe not, but a really damn good player. So that's why he's jumped over Cam for me at two. And then Asar and, and, and Jairus right now are top two for me. because And they're tied because Jairus, his passing and his just his IQ and feel for the game makes it... I, I, his floor is so high for me. I don't think there's any way he's not a good player. And I do buy some of the offensive upside, creation upside... And then Asar Thompson, I, I think Asar is uh, – people People think that the, the Thompson twins and Asar floor is, like, really low. I don't think that at all. Asar should be able to walk in at the very least, be a two-way player that can handle the ball and play make for others. Be a really good defender, not just at the point of attack, but as a team defender and as a weak side rim protector, he can do that. Offensively, he can handle the ball some. He can play make. He can get open shots for others. He's not like Amen. He's not as good at it as Amen. I don't think he's a primary ball handler. He's more like a secondary ball handler. But he's a guy who can play. He's connected within the offense. He'll make the right pass. He can create open looks for others. He can get to the rim. Extremely athletic. 
and he's shown shooting progression in his game. Um, so that's why I have a SAR one A for me. But again, man, I look, they're so close that all four of these guys, I feel like you you'll get like however many combinations you can get ranking those four, you'll get them because that's how close I feel like it is between them. So that's all I've got with that. And all I've got for today's podcast, let me know in the comment section how you guys feel about the number five overall pick and some of those prospects. What are you guys ranking them right now? Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. That's all I've got for you guys today. Thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. Hit that subscribe button at the YouTube channel. Leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. Stay safe. Enjoy these playoffs. Until next time, peace out.